Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network and BetOnline.ag. The Super Bowl is here. You can get it get it on all the action at BetOnline.ag. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play the, for the title on their home field, is currently a three and a half point underdog against Kansas City, looking to uh, looking for back to back titles for the first time in almost two decades. BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. Always available. Online and on your mobile device, visit Bet Online today. Bet Online today, your online sports book experts. And now, welcome to Play the Bay. From Channel Side Drive, where Lord Stanley Cup rests. Time kicks down the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. Travel across the bridge to St. Pete to find our American League champs. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. And get ready to fire the cannon. Blob pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski makes the catch. Touchdown Tampa Bay. What a great grab by Gronk. Because it's time for another episode of Play the Bay. Play the Bay. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Play the Bay. Guys, it's Super Bowl week. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. It's Super Bowl week, and I'm getting nervous every single day because it's the day. <laughs> <laughs> He finally says it guys, out loud. Aren't you excited, though? It's like it's anticipation upon anticipation that the Bucks are in the Super Bowl at home for the first time in NFL history against the defending champs. What better storyline? Tom Brady, the old guard, facing Patrick Mahomes, the new guard. Look at that storyline, everyone. The goat versus the child. The little kid against the godfather of the NFL. I got to tell you, you can't get more excitement than that. You can't. No, you can't. I'm excited. You're have, excited. You been, have you guys like been into the city and seen any of the festivities or things going on for the Super Bowl? Yeah, so I went uh, on Saturday. My wife and I went celebrated our third anniversary on Saturday and went and stayed downtown Tampa. Didn't go into the NFL experience because it was sold out, and I'm not waiting in lines for all that, even though I heard it was pretty yes. cool. But uh, from the atmosphere around t- like downtown Tampa, it was it was awesome because there was people in Bucks gear everywhere. Sparkman's Wharf was packed without masks. It was just a good time. You could feel the electricity that, you know, a major event is going to be going on within a week. It was, it was great. I, I loved every second of it. It was cool because uh, I think they had a flag football tournament down there too. So they had some flag football teams down there. Um, and then it was just media presence everywhere, every, everywhere. It was, it was really cool. It was, it was cool. Yeah. I have not, but everybody that's been down there, everybody that I've talked to had said the same thing. I mean, it's really, uh, it's electric. It's exciting. 
Uh, a lot of things going on, obviously, down near Ray J. And uh, guys, time's building. You know, we're getting closer to Sunday every minute. I'm ready. Let's just bring it on. Let's just make it happen. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm excited. But let's uh, let's get our guest on. We have a really exciting guest today. We have former Buccaneers yes. center who played from 1983 to 1992, Randy Grimes, also the founder of Pro Athletes in Recovery and the author of the book, off center, Randy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks hey, for Randy, on Randy, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how excited are y'all about what's going on? Is this crazy? <laughs> I, I <laughs> if you would have told me that in 2020, going into 2021, that Tom Brady had left New England, come down here, recruited his boy Gronk to be on the Bucks, and now the Bucks are in the Super Bowl, playing in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. I would have told you you're lying your ass off. You need to get away from me. And then you're just protest, right? Yes, exactly. You need some kind of some some kind of a head check right now because I wouldn't have believed you. What what are your thoughts on this, Randy? Where what did you think about when Tom Brady was was coming down here and then all the guy all the pieces had had followed him afterwards? What did you think about that? Well, you know, I, w- I didn't know how much gas he still had in the tank. I knew he'd sell a lot of tickets. I knew it was a great move. Uh, you know, I, but I just didn't know how much he had left. And of course, obviously, he proved us all wrong, and he's got plenty left, and, and he's got plenty for next year, too. But, you know, the, the one thing I always knew about that guy is that he was going to bring that air of confidence that this young Tampa Bay Buccaneer team needed. You know, he, he was going to be that, that – that had that air about him in the huddle that was going to build confidence with everybody – and let me tell you, as a former offensive lineman, you want to go back to the huddle and see a quarterback that's in charge and, and, and somebody that you know you can count on. So he definitely brings that to this young Buccaneer team. And I think that's, you know, that makes him worth every penny they pay him. It's crazy how the winning culture suddenly brings it down to all the other sports teams in Tampa, the right. Rays, AL champs, yeah. the Lightning are the uh, Stanley Cup champions as well. So, Tom Brady's got this magical voodoo magic that he must bring to everywhere he goes. And the avocado ice cream and the blood of babies that he's eating to keep healthy. And his tongue, he, he, I don't know what it is, but I want to figure it out because I want that in my life. I'm glad he brought it, right? I want some of that too. Hey, you know, thinking back, uh, you know, how grateful I am that the, that the city's able to go through this. Because, you know, when going back to when I first got here in 83 and even all the way through 92, we had some pretty lean years. You know, every year I would come in and think that that was going to be the year. You know, that's the year we signed DeBerg or that's the year we signed Steve Young or that's the year that Vinny was drafted. You know, I always thought we were just that close. And then when the season gets started, you know, depending on injuries or the way the football bounced, we, we you know – as it turned out, my best season was six and 10, but I always thought that next year, I always had hope that that was going to be the year that it happened. It never did, but the fans were always so loyal. They were always turned out. They filled that sombrero every Sunday, you know, <laughs> back with the cream sickles and, you know, yes. a lot of those games with the sun beating down on them, you know, they were always there and they were always loyal and they've always been there. And that's, that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, having this experience now my first pro game was at the old sombrero uh, uh where they they played the chicago bears and they wore the creamsicle uh uniform set that holds a special place in my heart uh when you mentioned that so uh, who, who doesn't love the, the creamsicles oh i see i wish they would have brought those back for the super bowl in general like that would have been awesome to see tom brady yeah. rest the guys in creamsicle uniforms that would have been great well it's so, been a magical uh run down the road here with uh 
the last three on the road victories. And, you know, that's, it, it seems like all that work that Tom did when we first signed him and he was getting together with those guys over at the high school and having those practices and stuff, all of that, the, 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 the fruits of that labor there is finally coming to pass here as I see everything tightening up and I see this whole team gelling. Offensive line, the passing game, the running backs, defense. It just seems like it's all coming together now. And what a key time, huh? Because this is, this yeah. is going to be a tough game. Yeah, I totally agree. Randy, I know you're obviously uh, uh, one of the good centers and one of the experts. we got two really great ones uh, playing on Sunday. We have uh, Austin Reeder and we have Ryan Jensen. I know Austin, I think, is from uh, Coppell, Texas. Now, is that close to Tyler, where you are, or is that kind of in the, in the ballpark? Uh, you know, I don't think so. Okay. I'll have to check that out, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. So tell me, what have you seen of both these guys? Have you had an opportunity kind of to, to see – uh, both of them play, and, and who do you think has the advantage when it comes to center play? You know, I'm, I'm notorious for watching the interior three linemen play. You know, whenever I watch a game, I focus right on what's going on with the center and the two guards, and I'm so impressed. I love, I love what Ryan brings to the game. He's mean. He's nasty. He's looking for trouble. He's downfield blocking. <laughs> he's going to bite somebody. He's going to kick somebody. He's going to kick somebody. <laughs> And I love that. It reminds me of the way Sean Farrell and Ron Heller used to play. They were always not only doing their job, but they were downfield looking for somebody to clean their clock. And that's what I, I see Ryan doing. You know, I think he's a great communicator. The, everybody seems to be working together. And, you know, that's that's a that's a real gift. That takes a lot of time to get that continuity and that and that that. Uh, just that cohesiveness to where everybody's moving on this on and working on the same page. But in, in Kansas city, they have a lot of the same kind of guys. They're mean and they're nasty. Yeah. They're young. And uh, you know, they, they, they've got some struggles this week with the offensive line. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out by the end of the week. But, you know, right now I'm betting on our Tampa Bay guys. I like, I like the way the tackles are playing. I mean, we made a great pick in the right tackle with Wirtz and, yeah. Uh, I, I really love how he's playing and how he's developed. And the main thing is, you know, Brady knows he's protected out there. And listen, those guys just need to keep a little bit of a pocket. Brady just needs a little room to step up. They know exactly where he's going to be. It's not like he's Steve Young and he's going to be out there roaming around and trying to make something <laughs> a lot like how McCombs played. But yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, Randy, you know, as a former player, obviously the Bucs have made it to the Super Bowl as the first team to play in their home stadium. And we can't really relate to that game atmosphere on the field as a player. But how much do you think that's going to impact the Buccaneers? Do you think they're going to get some sort of surge of confidence or momentum playing in their home stadium? Or do you think that the Super Bowl is going to have enough of a neutral kind of feeling to really keep it fair? Well, a big game is a big game, but home field advantage is home field advantage. And you know, I say that, but after watching Tampa Bay go into three different other home fields and win big playoff games, and, you know, I'm not so sure that's such a big deal anymore. I know back when I played, home field advantage was the greatest thing you could have, and, you know, you treasured that. But, um, you know, Kansas City's a good team. They've been there before. They know how to win the big game, and that's what's, you know, that's what we're up against. And it really doesn't matter where, where it is. It's going to be a good game. They're going to come to ready to play. 
Yeah, I'm definitely looking, I think, at a, a high-scoring game, but uh, kind of taking the, the eye off the ball here for a second on the game. I know when you were drafted, obviously, the NFL draft now has been built up so much. Uh, it's televised. There's a lot of media, a lot of press. How did the draft work uh, back in 83 when you were drafted in the second round out of Baylor? I think you were picked 45. So how did it work back then? The 1983 draft, I was sitting by a telephone in a duplex in Waco, Texas, Baylor <laughs> University, with my wife. We had been married for, uh, well, almost a year then, and we didn't know who was going to call us. We had Somebody had given us for a wedding gift one of those French-looking phones, and that's what we were sitting <laughs> around, me and her, and we were just staring at it all day. We didn't know who was going to draft us. We had all kinds of rumors. Uh uh, all kinds of uh, phone calls that day from other people. And uh, it was nothing like it is now with uh, with private jets and green rooms and <laughs> televised, televised. And it's it's nothing like that. But, you know, I was so, so glad to get that call from Coach McKay. And really, it was pretty quick. You know, he just called and I picked it up and he said, Randy, this is Coach John McKay. You've just been drafted by the Bucks. I'll see you tomorrow. Click. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute, coach. Where, where's Tampa Bay? And, <laughs> I mean, I, I was a kid from East Texas who had never even seen the ocean. So going to the seaside community of Tampa, Florida, and not only starting our, our marriage and our lives together, but our families and my career in pro, pro football, we were so excited. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned John McKay, you kind of got the opportunity to play under a lot of head coaches. Uh, yeah. During your time <laughs> with the Buccaneers, that a lot of coaching turnover. And I'm interested to know kind of how you feel about Bruce Arians, his, you know, offensive scheme of kind of risk it, no biscuit. And then, you know, how he's doing as a leader with the Buccaneers. Uh, you know, I love his coaching style and that's the kind of style that I missed when I was playing, you know, back when I played, it was that Junction boy mentality where, you know, it was if you didn't practice hard, you didn't play hard. So, you know, everybody, everybody was practicing hard. We were beating the crap out of each other all week long <laughs> and then just barely had enough left in our tanks to play on Sunday. And I never understood that mentality. You know, that's the way it was with Coach McKay, with uh, Coach Bennett, with, well, of course, Ray Perkins, because we were doing mm -hmm. three a days. And, and even with uh, Richard w uh, Williamson, you know, it was just that mentality. Now the game has changed so much. You know, they, they're out in shorts and T-shirts. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, it, it, it extends guys' careers, you know, when you're not constantly beating on each other all week long. Uh, medical advances, you know, in, 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 in the training room and the different things that have, that have come out is it, it advanced guys' careers or extended guys' careers. So the game has just changed so much. But Coach Aarons, he brings that. He's, he's a player's coach. And, yet, you know, that's a term that we as players use for people that we, we, we want to perform for, you know, guys that think of their players and, 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 and in every decision. Awesome. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Go ahead, Kelly. No, I think that's great. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, he has been described as a player's coach. And I think, you know, with Tom Brady coming in, obviously he has a ton of experience and we're seeing him really kind of be able to lead that offense in a way that maybe former quarterbacks in, in Tampa Bay haven't really been able to, you know, as a center and working so closely with the quarterback, how do you think that kind of dynamic is between 
such a veteran quarterback who really can coach himself and call his own plays. And then a guy like Bruce Arians, who is such a talented offensive mind. Well, he's such a player's coach that he lets Tom go out there and play his game. You know, Tom's smart enough to come up to the line of scrimmage, look over at defense, read what he's, what he's about to go against, change the plays if he has to. And Coach Aarons lets him play. I mean, the guy's proven over the test of time that he's, he's able to make those decisions and get the team in the right uh, uh, position. So, you know, I commend – you know, that's kind of hard for a coach to give up that kind of control. But I, I commend Coach Aarons for doing it, for letting Tom be Tom. And why not? Tom has proven time after time after time that he can handle this job and that he can make the big play and get the team in the right situation. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you've been doing a lot of really incredible work with athlete recovery. I would love if you could just talk a little bit about your experience. And then obviously you're the founder of Pro Athletes in Recovery, your experience with White Sands Treatment Center and the Victory Recovery High School here in Tampa Bay. So if you could just kind of go through your journey and how you got involved with that and what made you want to get into that work after your career. Well, and I was that guy that was willing to do whatever I had to to stay out on the field, you know, and, and uh, you know, I was not going to be the guy that got a reputation for always being on the on the injury report or always missing practice or always being worked on by the trainers back there. I was going to stay out on the field at, at all costs because if I wasn't in my position, somebody else was going to be, and that was not going to happen. You know, it's, again, that old mentality, that old warrior mentality that we used to have. And, you know, uh, that meant taking handfuls of pain pills every day while I played for the Bucks and staying out on the field during practice and playing through games with injuries and, you know, taking handfuls of sleeping pills when uh, to get to sleep at night through the throbbing pain. And, you know, I justified it so easy. You know, I looked at it like uh, I looked at it like a necessary evil because I wanted to be the best center that ever played the game. I wanted to play the game forever. You know, I wanted to feed my family playing football. Those those are the ways that I justified it. I wanted to go to the Pro Bowl. I wanted to be all pro. And so I never looked at it for what it really was, which was a full blown addiction. I just justified it as a necessary evil. And, you know, that went on for for my pretty much most of my career there in Tampa. And, you know, I never expected to take that necessary evil into my private life, into my retired life. And, you know, that's when things really spiraled out of control. And I just couldn't stop the insanity for so many years. And all the pain and the suffering and the devastation that I caused my family and everything over those 20 plus years. And, uh, you know, finally in September of 2009, I put up my hand and asked for help. And, you know, it took me, unfortunately, it took me a long time to do that. And uh, for whatever reason, and a lot of it was guilt, a lot of it was shame, a lot of it was pride and ego. And, um, but finally the perfect storm was coming together, my, my bottom, as they say, and that was all happening in the spring and summer of uh, 2009. And finally, in September 22nd, 2009, I finally got help. Awesome. Yeah. So we had a question in the comments. Um, you know, is the NFL taking CTE as seriously as it should be? And obviously, we just saw Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, really take a hit during the playoffs, went through concussion protocol, and then yeah. ended up coming back to play. So it's something that we've kind of seen in action recently. And do you think that the NFL, you know, it's a hot button topic. We've heard it. We've seen movies about it. But are they really taking the necessary precautions with their protocol to take it as seriously as they should be? 
Well, they've certainly come a long ways from back when I played. I remember getting knocked out one time in Detroit and walking off on their bench, and their team doctor sent me back into the game. I mean, that's uh, back oh, then no. they would just hold up fingers, and if you could even guess within five or six, then uh, you know you were good enough to go play. So, concussion protocols have come a long way. I think more science has been. Uh, applied to it. I think we're, we're obviously further ahead and advanced in, in the way we diagnose those. Uh, I thought Mahomes came back pretty quick. You know, that was kind of strange, yeah. but you know, they know more about it than I do. You know, my concern is that uh, they're not dispensing narcotics like they used to. And um, and it's not that old mentality of off-label off prescribing it. And, and, you know, over the last decade that I've been advocating about this and telling my story, I think the NFL has gotten a lot more accountable with how they do dispense and prescribe narcotics. Uh, the DEA has gotten involved. I don't know if you remember a few years ago when, uh, uh, you know, they stopped our team doctors from prescribing while they were on the road and things like that. And all that was going on. And a lot of that was because of the advocacy work that we were doing to just make them more accountable. And it's not that I blame the NFL or blame the Bucks. I mean, I'm responsible for everything that I have ever put in my mouth. But it was available, and that was the mentality back then, you know, that North Dallas 40 kind of mentality, and you did what yeah. you had to to stay out on the field. And I was willing to do that. You know, I'm, I'm responsible for that, but it was available to me. And, you know, the crazy thing about it is this went on for about eight years of my career, and not once over that eight years did anybody ever say, Randy, why are you slurring your words, or why are you nodding off in meetings, or why are you late to practice every day, or why – why are you the last one to leave the building every day and, and pills are missing out of the drug safe? Nobody ever questioned me because I was always playing good. You know, so that was the mentality. As long as you were playing good on Sunday, nobody was going to say anything. And, um, you know, when I, when I finally came into treatment, you know, I knew I wanted to make all this pain and suffering that I'd put so many people through for so many years. I wanted to make it mean something. And that was kind of the birth of Athletes in Recovery because I knew there was a lot of guys out there like me, like Tom McHale. You guys remember that, um, yeah. that were sick and suffering. And for whatever reason, guilt, shame, pride, ego, were not putting up their hands and asking for help. Or they didn't know that there was resources out there for former NFL players. So um, I started Athletes in Recovery, Pro Athletes in Recovery and uh, teamed up with the Player Care Foundation. We started putting the word out that there were resources out there for former players. Uh, we were helping hundreds and hundreds of former guys um, who were out there self-medicating and, 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 and didn't know that there was any resources available. We were so successful in helping so many guys that Major League Baseball got involved and NBA got involved in the NHL and, you know, things like the Jockeys Guild and Motorsports Safety Group and the LPGA, the PGA started working with all these former athletes because it didn't matter what sport you were from when you didn't have that uniform to put on anymore or you didn't have that locker room to sit in anymore or you didn't have that playbook in front of you anymore then you struggled and a lot of that that was the issue we were dealing with with most of these people i know that was my issue people ask me all the time what i miss most about football and it's not being out on that field it's a locker room you know, I miss the guys. I miss the camaraderie in the locker room. 
Yeah, no, I think that's incredible work that you're doing and, and much needed yeah, in this industry for sure. Before we get you out of here, we got to know what your score prediction is for this weekend. You said the Bucks were taking it, but I'd love to know <laughs> what you think that score is going to end up being. You know, I've been saying all day over here on Radio Row that the Bucks by 10 and everybody's looking at me like I've got three. <laughs> I've got a great feeling that it's the Bucks by 10. I like it. The offensive line woes for the Chiefs is going to be a big equalizer, I think, for the Bucks pass rush. And I think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes on the move a little bit more than he's used to. So we'll have to see if he's up to it. I think you're right. And, wow. and the, game's, the game's going to be won and lost in the trenches, I guarantee you. Yep. Oh, the hog mollies. Up in the, that's where you pay those guys. That's, that's right. where you got to win it. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, plug all your stuff. Tell people where they can find you. Um, any social media, any websites that you'd like them to visit? Yes, you can please visit my website at proathletesinrecovery.org or you can find me at randygrimespeaks.com. Of, of course, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitter at SoberCenter60. And also, hey, we're having a safe bowl. And what that is is during the Super Bowl and three hours before, from three to six, we're gonna we're gonna at White Sands Treatment Center in Plant City. We're gonna have a, in the athletic complex there. We're gonna have a, an event for three hours, and we're gonna try to provide a or what we're gonna do is provide a safe atmosphere for people in recovery to come, you know, be with like-minded people and to enjoy the 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 pre-events to the Super Bowl. So we're excited about that. That's the first time that that's ever happened here. And we're going to get as many people in recovery and provide a safe platform for them to come celebrate. And that is Sunday from three to six. And also I've got a book coming out this summer called Off Center. And also I got to tell you about the Victory, Victory Recovery High School uh, out in uh, Newport Ritchie that we just did the ribbon cutting for a couple of uh, weeks ago. Yeah. And it's a second recovery high school in the state of Florida. And we're very excited about that. So I need people to support that. It's, uh, you know, our children and our, 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 um, our greatest commodity. And we, we've got to protect them. And, you know, we're losing an entire generation of these kids right in front of our eyes. So we've got to do something about what's going on. We, it's, we're, we're in a pandemic within a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe- we definitely appreciate all the work you're doing, especially with athletes, kids, high schools. I know that we'll talk about this on our show now uh, for the Safe Bowl, going to that location in Plant City. Uh, and thank you for coming on tonight. Kaylee, what do you got for them? Yeah, thank you so much for telling your story and, and sharing your experience with us. And it was it was great to have you on. So we'll definitely have you on again for sure. Thank in the future. you very much. I enjoyed it, guys. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Randy, take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Great guest. I mean, can you believe just, I mean, the amount of things and, you know, even going through, you know, research and we always, you know, we do our, our due diligence when we're having a guest on, but just the amount of causes and the amount of, of people's lives that he's affecting 
from the high school, you know, level uh, all the way up to, you know, pro athletes in recovery and the range of sports. Uh, yeah. Just an unbelievable guy and, and making an impact after he had a an impact in the NFL's huge difference. Great for all leagues, especially the NFL. That's that's like the roadmap for athletes that get out of the game is yeah. do some do some work, man. Do some good yeah. like take your name and do some like good work for like like may start small with your community and then just branch out, man. Because you know, a lot of these athletes when they get out of the game, they're just kind of like, What do I do? Yeah. So in this guy who had drug addiction for a long time, and I think that's the template of a lot of these guys, you know, retiring and maybe getting out of the game early is you know, do some good with your name and do some good out there in the community just to help, you know, make a, make it a better place. That was a great interview. He's a great yeah. guest. Man. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Love that. We'll definitely have to have him back on, but uh, we opened the show. We talked a little bit about Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, the, the old yeah. guard and the new guard. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, their experience with each other. Obviously they played each other. I believe four times Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs have outscored Brady's teams, one twenty one to one twenty. So very, very close. Obviously the chiefs have taken the last two matchups, but probably the closest thing we have to super bowl atmosphere is the 2018 AFC championship. Um, we kind of remember that game penalties really offset what would have been a chiefs super bowl ticket with a pick in the, yeah, I think there was like one minute left in the game. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about that game and what we're going to see in the Super Bowl and how that's kind of different from that. But what similarities are you guys seeing between this Buccaneers team with Tom Brady and that 2018 Patriots team with Tom Brady? I mean, I think defensively you're, you're looking at a defense that's going to be well coached and the Patriots run – you know, a different system, but they still have those types of players. They had guys that were the ball hawks. They had Devin White, and they had very similar linebacking cores, and they do have similar guys up front uh, as far as talents are concerned. So overall, I think those teams are pretty similar except the cornerbacks. A little bit of difference in that area, I would say. Um, But still both really good defensive teams and they have playmakers, I think, in the in the right spots. Very similar. I look at that. His defense was stacked, man. They had uh, Will Fork. They had Vrabel, Junior yeah. Scal, Asante Samuel, Teddy Bruschi. Oh. Like, that's a murderer's row of a, yeah. a defense that you want on there. And I think comparing those two is almost equal because of the guys that the Bucks have on their defense now. You know, offense, it's a little bit different. That was, I think that was the year Randy Moss was on the team. Yet you still had Wes Welker, too. So, you know, Wes Welker, you know, Scotty Miller's kind of like a Wes Welker, you know, he's he is. that speedy white boy receiver. And then Randy Moss and Mike Evans can kind of, kind of be compared to each other, too. So, I, it, on a, honestly, I think the only difference in this game is uh, Brady's not facing Eli Manning and the Giants. So, because. Yeah. Eli's beat him twice. So I think that's the the difference maker. Well, not, not the difference maker, of course. But I think with this, this is an older, grizzled Tom Brady. This is a Tom Brady that's like, hey, I'm I'm out of the shadow of New England. I've 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 proved this in one season. I'm at the Super Bowl with another team, another coach, a brand new system, which I learned. Like him winning the Super Bowl is like the the cherry on top of that legacy that he he doesn't really need to add on, but he's going to add on to you no matter what. But the comparable of, of these two teams is almost similar in a way. 
just like the way the defense was stacked up and the way the offense was too. Now, the, obviously, the coaching was different, but it, the yeah. similarities are just so it's almost eerie. Almost, well, eerie yeah. Those two I think cornerback though they had Asante Samuel, they had Gilmore, so they still had they had a lot of. I mean, that's a lot of experience, guys, man. Yeah, right there. Yeah, that's the only area I see that's different. But I mean, and and, and like we said, I think that's kind of eerie they do i mean you have rangy linebackers with devin white and david levante i mean they know they can move around uh and you know we have they have athletic linemen that can get out and and do what they need to do with the passers. so yeah eerily similar um and excited to to see that unfold i've got a question for both of you oof okay so would you take <laughs> would you take this the 2008 new england patriots defense or the 2020 Buccaneers. No, do you mean the 2019 New England defense, or do you mean the? I'm talking you said about 2008. 2000, 2008. Yeah, the one that they played the Giants, the one we were just talking about, not the 2019. I'm talking about. Okay. That, I thought we were talking about the Chiefs and the. Okay. And no, I'm, the talking about, I'm talking about the AFC. Would you take that the New England defense that Brady had on his side, or would you take the the Buccaneers defense that he has on his side for this Super Bowl? I would take I would take the Buccaneers defense this year for the playoffs. Right. So I would say if you, if you take a sample of the last like four to five games, the Buccaneers have played mm-hmm. that defense, I would take that. Now, okay. if you're talking the whole season, probably that Patriots defense. Okay. What about the offense side? Would you take the Bucks offense oh. or the Patriots offense? I just throw alerts in there, didn't I? <laughs> I don't well, know. No. That's a long, that was a long time ago. So long. I- Offense was completely also like you have to remember offense has changed so much in the past like yeah, three or true. four years. So like it, it's just completely different, right? Like defense really used to dominate. You could have like a good run game, a good defense, and you're going to probably win a Super Bowl. Now it's kind of like they want this like high powered dynamic offense. Mm-hmm, they want yep. to be able to be shifty, like get out of the pocket, throw the ball. But I think it just looks so different. So that's I don't a, know. It's a great Twitter poll. That is a great Twitter. I should put that up right now. Now, what's the Twitter poll? What's the question you're going to ask? Who would you rather take, the 2008 uh, Patriots or the 2019-2020 Buccaneers? Who would you take? Which one would be better for Brady? There we go. go. I mean, I think Brady in 2008 is probably better. Why? I think. We'll let the people people decide. You can let let the people decide. I'll let the people decide. (laughs) <laughs> one of the uh, one of the keys to that AFC Championship game was the Chiefs' defense really allowing Brady to convert on a lot of third downs, right? Like I think the stats were thirteen of nineteen, and that's something that we saw the Bucks kind of struggle with earlier in the season and even kind of into the second half of the season. Not really in the playoffs, but um, but you know we've seen Tom Brady not have the best stats in these playoff games, but you know the last game was fine, and especially on third down. Do you think? I guess what improvements have you seen from the Chiefs and their ability to kind of stop those third down situations on defense? I mean, they've had a pretty, you know, outstanding secondary. So what what improvements have they made to give them a little bit better of a shot against Brady this weekend? They're pretty Go good. Ahead, yeah, I was going to say they're pretty good at stopping the run. And that's one of the things that the Buccaneers are, have been pretty good, pretty good about it, especially in the playoffs. This this stretch of games, we've seen this run game. What are you laughing about? Uh, nothing. You'll you'll catch on a little bit here. Oh, did I did I miss something up? No, no. You'll it's, read talk. You're doing fine. Okay. 
All right. Are you, you guys put in a private. Me- oh, oh, okay. There we go. You, you, oh. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt your thought. That was the year? Yeah, dude. I, I, I thought my, we were talking about the I got my years wrong. Yeah, I got my years wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happened. It's okay. Little brain fart. Okay. Let's, let's yeah. rewind it back. All right. It's okay. Chip, you answer. Right. You answer keep the going, question. I got to get my mind right. Chip, you answer the question. Yeah, I took you out of, I took you out of sorts there. My yeah, bad. It happens. So to that, we're talking about the Chiefs changing, being ready. I think that they're going to be in a spot where Tyron Matthew is going to be a wild man all over the field. And Brady, we heard in his interviews yesterday how much he respects him as a player uh, and how much he's going to have to figure out where he is on the field. I think that Chris Jones up front for the Chiefs is going to be a big, big piece on how their rush goes. I think the line and Jensen is going to be able to hold him at bay, I hope. But if there's quick pressure directly over Jensen at center, the quickest way to get to Brady is a straight line, two yeah. points. So if you run right over Jensen, you're going to start making bad decisions. You're going to toss the ball. And I hope we don't see the Green Bay Hell Marys to no one popping off like champagne bottles thrown 30 feet in the air to no wide receivers. I hope we don't see those. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think Jones and I think Jensen, that's a battle we're gonna have to watch. And you know, just like Randy talked about, we're gonna have to see the trenches, the hog mollies. Those guys are gonna have to be ready and hold up the line to make sure we get the time. Do you think they've made the adjustments? From from week twelve, where they got you know just kind of lambasted in the first half. Now, obviously, in the second half, they looked like they were kind of getting things together. But do you think defensively are they are going are they going to be prepared to to cover Tyreek and, and Travis Kelsey? I uh, I don't know. I think it's a hard thing to really predict because I think the team we saw in week twelve was obviously completely different. They went into the bye. They came out of the bye looking like a brand new team. I don't want to say brand new because they stumbled a little bit out of the gate from the bye, but you know, still winning games and and really transforming coming into the playoffs. So I I do think that this Chiefs offense is different, right? And I think they're different than most every other team in this league. So I think it's one thing to talk about the Saints and the Packers and all these teams that maybe aren't a hundred percent or don't have quite the level of talent or as mobile of a quarterback. But I mean, you have a lot on your hands with the chiefs. So that's yeah. the tough part. I, I think, I think, it, I think it all depends on too. What kind of schemes is Todd Bowles going to yeah. bring it up? Because if they go to man to man or zone, they're going to get beat. And that's how they got beat last time by Tyreek. I mean, he was, I think he was, a, he was man to man against, I think it was Carlton Davis and Davis just, was blown away, like blown away. Like he was left in the dust with, by Tyreek. So I, it's just, I, I hope, they did make the adjustments going in. I mean, they got two weeks per, to prepare for this. I mean, looking at yeah. your tape from week 12, you got to be like, okay, this is this is who we got to be actually on. Who This is actually who's going to be on Tyreek. I mean, either way, you got to double team him, but then you got to worry about Travis Kelsey too. Like, who's going to be on him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that the playoffs, we've seen man on man. Like, yeah. we were able to shut down Michael Thomas. It's been man. They were able to shut down Devontae Adams. They've ran man coverage. So now – we're going back to the one team that really exposed us <laughs> in man coverage bad. So we're going to see, I think, in the first two or three series, I think the Chiefs will go directly back to what happened, and they're going to try 
Tyreek Hill, and they're going to know in the first two or three plays if they're running zone or if they're going to run man. And I hope we should make the change, I think, to probably zone and a safety over the top on wherever Tyreek Hill is. But we will see maybe I, – I don't know. Maybe we got a different player. Maybe Davis now has licked his wounds, figured it out, and he'll say, hey, I got this. So, <laughs> I mean <laughs> – I mean, I you know what though? I think he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. I mean, whoever whoever's over there, we don't know who we don't know who will be over there. Whitehead um, is out for the game, and I think Antoine Woodfield Jr. is questionable still, so they don't know if he's going to be starting the game or not. So he's still kind of up in the air. He could be in the game. He could not be. So who? Uh, Antoine Winfield Winfield Jr. Really? Yeah, he's still questionable okay. right now. But White so, Whitehead is out. He's out for the game. Okay. I think I feel like this game comes so much down to coaching on both sides of the ball because I think yeah. obviously with Todd Bowles it's you, the more you talk about defensive schemes and zone versus man and trying to get pressure up front on Patrick Mahomes the more you talk about all of those things the more it seems like you talk in circles because it's hard to find the right answer because there's you're going to be left exposed to some extent which is really how the, the Chiefs offense is set up and then on the offensive side of the ball I mean the Chiefs do a great job on defense and they've done a great job on defense in a lot of different ways this season. But, you know, I think, I think coaching, it's going to come so much down to can Andy Reed out scheme Todd Bowles, right? Cause I think we've seen it happen too. Like, I think the chiefs are one of those unique teams where they know who they are, but they can also throw out the entire plan and shift and get really creative and still beat you, you know, in the fourth quarter. So I think, I mean, how, this offensive line situation, um, I know we've talked about it, but how much do we really feel like it's going to play a factor? I mean, you have to think like the Chiefs did a lot of shuffling around on their offensive line before the season even started. They've got, you know, two guys who were backups. They got a guy from the Steelers. Obviously, they had people switching around positions. I think they had like two people opt out and then three of their starters get injuries right before the season started. So they basically have been on this like – shifty patchwork kind of, yeah job. patchwork offensive yeah. line for 16 games working that's the yeah. Been working yeah and so that's the thing is as much as we talk about it as an equalizer it's really incredible what Andy Reid's been able to do with that team and obviously the whole coaching staff being able to put together something like that and then get, get to a Super Bowl because that's a huge part of your offense so I don't know. Does that really do you think that's going to make a huge impact? I mean the Bucks are on a roll on their defensive line so that's one thing, but how much do we really think it's going to hold the Chiefs back? I think I, it's a, I think yeah. it's massive, dude. I think because of the 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 caliber and quality of Bucks defensive linemen, that front seven is one of the best in the NFL, the best against the rush, hands down. Yeah. But I also think the pass rush, um, it's just going to be better, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, we want it to be dominant, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. They've just got to get keep Mahomes in the pocket. That's where he, you know, loses a lot of his, uh, you know, wow factor. If you keep him in the pocket, he can't hurt you as bad. He's much more accurate. He's much more dangerous when he's moving. So yeah. if you keep him yeah. in the pocket, you can control the flow of the game. So I think – Hopefully it makes a huge difference and we'll just have to see. But um, 
I think it'll make a difference. Enough we a, of a difference. We had a great question uh, question from the chat uh, from Jason. He's, he's uh, saying, uh, do you agree with Marcus Spears saying Devin White is going to be the best linebacker in the NFL next year? I think he's already one of the best this year, though his body of work this year. And then he's saying, how big of a game is he going to have to have for the Bucks to hoist the Lombardi trophy? I mean, huge. He's going to have to have a huge game. I mean, that, that defense – Almost mirrors the, the defensive role with, with the Saps and the and you know that Brooks yeah you know, Brooks yeah. you know that that defense it's almost it's almost comparable to that defense and that's saying a lot um so and that that defense won them the, the Super Bowl that year against the Raiders so uh for for Devin White to to be that leader going into there I think JPP Devin White Vita Vea like all those guys are gonna have to step up their their level of game like it was all great against the Packers like they got after to Aaron Rodgers all day long but this is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and yeah. going back to that offensive line thing they're gonna have to hold those guys I mean that that's Todd Bowles is gonna throw everything at them like he's gonna be dialing up blitz packages all day and Spagnolo is too like don't get it don't get it twisted like the Chiefs are probably gonna do the same thing to Tom Brady because Tom Brady's not that mobile of a guy so if you get Tom Brady out of the pocket he's more than likely going to make a mistake, which we've seen in past games. So it's going to be huge. Those offensive lines have to hold up against really good defenses. So it's it's going to be interesting on Sunday. Yeah, and I think that question too, I don't – the defense has had – I mean, Devin White's had huge games since he's been back, right? And then you look at everyone on the defense is making plays. Every week in the playoffs, we've talked about Shaq Barry, We've talked about JPP. We've talked about all these guys. You know, Devin White is just one of those guys where every single time – the defense gets a turnover, fumble recovery. Like he's, he's involved, there. right? He's somewhere in that play. He's some he's someone who's making those plays happen. So I don't know that it's he has a huge game. I think he has a game where he plays like himself, which is what we've seen the past few weeks. So I don't know if he has to go out of his way to do anything. I think he just has to play the game that he's been playing for the past. I know, think games. I'll go back. I'll dial it back. If they keep playing that the way they've been playing in the playoffs, they're going to be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also think Devin White, I mean, and I said this, it was either last week or the week before, if you're an NFL scout, you're going back to his tape at the combine and you're reading everything that he did and you're looking at the plays he made and you're going and you're looking for that prospect as a linebacker. You're repeating whatever he did, his measurables. You're looking for that type of player now. And I really feel that, He's probably one of the guys that can shadow, and maybe they'll use him. He can shadow a guy like Kelsey, and he can stay with Kelsey in the first probably eight to ten yards. Now, if Kelsey gets by him, I mean, it's it's off to the races. He, he's gonna he's gonna be able, I think, to be a little bit more athletic. But in that intermediate time, that that eight to ten yards, maybe even twelve yards. The Bucks pass rush needs to get upfield quick enough. White can cover him, and then you can shadow your safety over the top of Tyreek Hill, and I think that's how you can do that. Now, if you do that, you lose your spy on Patrick Mahomes. So that's the reason if you don't keep him in the pocket, that's when trouble can come up. So I think White can play so many roles for the Bucks. He is definitely – I think one of the best linebackers in the NFL and will really uh, have, I mean, he's had a coming out party this year, but I think he'll be monumental. You'll see what a big piece he is on the defense that could lose, uh, you know, Levante David and some other guys as well. Yeah. Did you guys see the, uh, the press conferences today with Brady? I watched some of them. I haven't watched it now. I'll go back to the, he, I swear to God, he's a vampire. 
He looks 25. He's got more he's hair. He's got so much Botox. He's got so much Botox. Are that better sure? not come out, dude. I'm, I'm trying. So you want to hear a funny story? <laughs> well, obviously, yes. <laughs> so, so for work, we posted this thing about um, – it was like a picture of Tom Brady the first year. It was his headshot the first year he made the Super Bowl, his headshot this year, right? And um, there was actually like a few plastic surgery accounts that are basically – they're plastic surgeons who – run accounts and then people tag them and certain celebrities and athletes and whatever. And they give their opinion professionally on what, based on looking at the progression of someone's face. Yeah. Yeah. Like what they could have had done. And they do it from the standpoint of like, we respect you. You know, if you want to have it done, no no problem. (laughs) But we're giving like a very informed opinion about this. So we had a few of those take every headshot of Tom Brady's career put it together and and really give their opinion on it. And they all gave the same opinion, right? Like they all gave, like he was getting jaw filler. And then at some point, and they can't pinpoint when, he ended up getting jaw implants, which is very common. And then um, they said he might've had a minor rhinoplasty and he's definitely had all this Botox. And I was just reading this and I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. It's Hold the kale salads, dude. That's what on. it is. I'm going to bring up this photo real quick if everybody in the chat could probably see this hold on stupid internet's going and just to shout out trevor miller we'll uh we'll see gronk we know we're gonna leave him in for a lot of um uh past protection but yeah i think kansas city's susceptible to uh tight end it'll be interesting to see who's shadowing him if if uh tyron matthew is is back deep okay, okay there we go that's tom brady <laughs> rookie season yeah yeah that's not a good look i'm telling you i it's mean the, it's the kale avocado salads uh avocado yeah that's cream. Uh, i mean <laughs> you know that's a, that's a i mean look at that so this is tom brady throughout the years also remember that his wife's a supermodel yes so that's, that's when he got veneers so that's when he got his veneers he thinks was that this photo photo right here the back go back okay. oh. and then a, a nice little the ultimate game changer. Nice yes, he was. Okay. Oh, that one. Okay. Now, if now you go that back, looks like pearly whites. Go back one. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So right. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're not ugly. You're just poor. Everyone remember that. His wife's a supermodel. You guys, she's very familiar. I'm sure with this landscape. So this is where it looks like he's he's starting to get chiseled. Yeah. yeah. More chiseled. Uh, now another ad. Thanks you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And then that's 2012, and now that's he looks. A, he had a rough year. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's yeah. true. And now 2020, like Tom Brady, he looks younger than that photo from 2012. When you look at his photos, and I often have to look up his photos for work, but when you look up his photos in a Bucks uniform, his face looks terrifying. I mean. It looks, yeah, not necessarily that one. I mean, but look at like one of these from the side where he's like on the field. I, I mean, come on. That's Gillette. Come on. I that's mean, Patriot. you're telling me this guy doesn't have Botox. That's what you're telling me right now. <laughs> if he does, he's going to get you I eat avocados every week and drink a gallon of water a day and look at me. That's do, you hang, do you hang from the ceiling like a bat, Kaylee? 
No, maybe that's hey. maybe it's the blood rushing to his face when he sleeps. I don't care uh, what he does, dude. If he brings home the trophy, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for you guys, yeah. Love Shoot that. Your face, fill your lips, smudge hey. avocado on your forehead. Do whatever you gotta do, dude. I'm not hey, gonna I'm not against it, you know. I was thinking about actually doing the uh, TB12 diet. I went on today. I was like, maybe, maybe I could be like Tom Brady. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to slander his business because I think he'd probably sue me. But um, I would just look into it. <laughs> I'm going to. I really am. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a lot of junk science, but. <laughs> I, I really am. I, I looked at it today. I'm like, okay, they've got electrolytes because they, they actually have the plan that he does each and every yeah. day. He wakes up at like 6 a.m., drinks a gallon of his water with lemon electrolytes, the TB12. And then at 8, 8 a.m., he drinks a blueberry acai smoothie. And then at 10 o'clock, he eats <laughs> an egg. And then at noon, he drinks oh. more water. And then at 2 o'clock, he sacrifices a young child to Satan and then drinks the blood. And, and oh, then, God. Yeah, I'm kidding yeah. about the last part. It's just That's a, a real like Viking type, type it's thing. Discipline, guys. Yeah. That's all it is. He's been doing it now for 17 something years. And this is why he's going to play till he's 812. Look I mean, it here. Matter. As a fellow injectable user, I don't mind. I just let's be honest about it, you guys. You know, like I when I get it done, I post on there with like swollen. I'm like posting from the doctor. I'm like, look at me, I did it. You know, I don't understand like hiding it. It's so annoying. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what if I, I think he also probably sleeps in a hyperbolic chamber as well? Probably. Hyperbaric. Probably. Hyperbaric. Sorry. Hyperbaric. Hyperbaric. Yeah. Hyperbaric. So that, that could be. That could that could happen too. I mean, That's he's got fair. he's got skin like an angel. I mean, he's a beautiful. He's man. got goat money, dude. So he can pretty much yeah, do what he wants. He's yeah. Just remember, everyone out there, you're not ugly. You're poor. <laughs> That's Me right. Too. Me too. Um, before we let let's talk about the Bucks put out a statement about firing the yes. cannons and how that will not be happening on Sunday. Um, to me, this was pretty obvious. People are very up in arms about it. Um, what do you guys think about this? All right. You know, you know that you whole lead the charge. Do I'll it. I'll lead the charge on this one. You know Do that it. whole phrase that your parents say to you when you get in trouble. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> That's kind of how I am. I, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And somebody tweeted me today saying, "You know, how do you feel about this?" And I was like, "It is what it is. I mean, you can't change nothing. Obviously, they wanted to make it." as level as it is when the playing field is, but I guess, but I mean, you, you would think, I think every, that's what everybody really wanted was if they're going to be at the Super Bowl being the home team, like you should be able to have the cannons fire when they score a touchdown. Now, obviously we're getting it for the introductions. And if they win the Super Bowl, those are going to be fired off. I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that over nothing. Like that's, that's fine with me. So I wasn't surprised where, you know, they, they came out and said, Hey, we're only going to do be doing it for this, not for when they score. I'm okay with that. I'd rather take that over nothing at all. I'm okay. I think this is the biggest freaking hogwash malarkey sandwich I have ever freaking had to take and eat. I hate that, dude. They have fired cannons there since pirates drank rum and we wore orange jerseys, for yeah. Pete's sake. Yeah. Fire those things. And I tell you what, if we win, they better fire them like 50 times. I oh, want to hear explosions for an hour they will don't worry they, they better they will. yes so i guess i'll have to deal with it but 
to the comments. We do get a coin toss there. They've already made the coin. If you Google it, it's pretty cool. Um, there's what, what do you think, Kaylee, about that? No, I feel like it's common sense. I really wasn't. I was kind of surprised that they had to put out a statement about it. I guess, like, for me, and here's my opinion on the home team thing. I I don't find it that charming. Like, I get that it hasn't happened, um, but I think that's more circumstance and random than it is anything else. Like, I think here's the thing: is like the Super Bowls are planned out in advance. The state of your team when they're planned out it's just it is very like the chances of it happening are actually not that slim it just hasn't happened by circumstance so it's not like a one in a million opportunity it's there's a lot there's a higher percentage chance of it happening it's just surprising that it hasn't happened i don't find it that charming i don't think it's that great of a story i think as we've talked about before i think knowing the super bowl was coming to tampa knowing the state of the buccaneers i think tom brady made a very strategic decision to check off all of the bucket list options, which was winning a Super Bowl in the home stadium, coming to a new team, getting away from Belichick and winning winning a Super Bowl. Like all of those things are things that he thought about before. And I think if we don't address that, like that's really naive. But I think this is more of a plan. They've thrown all this money into making this a really like short term solution to winning a Super Bowl. And here they are. Like it's more of like okay, yeah, this this is what's supposed to happen. Then like, wow, look at this great Cinderella story. Like, that's not what it is. <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm not that charmed by it. I find like the the home stadium thing to be pretty like, it's more prop Betty than anything to me. I don't find it to be like that impressive. I just find it like weird that it hasn't happened before now. Um, but I, I mean, I agree. I think like the Bucks aren't paying Raymond James Stadium to be there, the the NFL is right. Like the NFL is paying the stadium to host the Super Bowl, and if it wasn't the Bucks, it'd be another team. So I think this is pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that no one else has done what Tom Brady's done. Why hasn't somebody else, like as a free agent, gone? We're hosting the Super well, Bowl well, somewhere in this city. They have a great team. Why can't I go there? I think it's harder. I think it's easier said than done. Like I think in the NBA I, and I think that the NFL is moving in that direction. Like the NBA is yeah. very much where you can shift around and say, you know, I want to win a championship. Let me go to this team and win a championship. And I think that's something that's a little more attainable at that in that league. I think in the NFL, like we haven't really seen that yet. So I think Tom Brady is like really kind of blazing a trail in, in which like here's all the pieces put in place. And also like when you think back to the teams where like two or three years before the Super Bowl was going to play there, like who's really been in like such an incredible position to be like, yeah, I could get traded there. They have enough salary cap. They have the perfect team in place. They have, they'll bring in any player I want and then we'll win the Super Bowl in our home city. It's just kind of like, I don't know. Tom Brady's a pioneer and he was alive when the pioneers first came over to the land. He was. It's the Tom Brady effect. That's why I, I think it, at pick number 199, when, when nobody else was taking a chance on him, uh, Satan came and said, hey, if you sign your life away to me, I will get you drafted. You will start at some point, and then you will win all these championships and things. You'll have supermodel wives. You'll have this great life. Only <laughs> give me your damn soul. And I think that's what happened. This was predetermined a long time ago at pick number 199. Hey, I love Jason and his comments. See, Jason, he knows the story. Look at this. The Packers host the Super Bowl. No Lambo leaps. I don't I'd think go that's bonkers. the same thing. 
What? Is that just my? It's the same thing. It's it's kind of the same thing because you know that's a staple at Lambo. Yes. Leap. I mean, yeah, but the leap is the player doing the action. Yeah. Isn't it? So like that's the difference, right? It's like the Super Bowl is paying to be there to host a neutral event. Well, so what, like if, that, what if in because of now because of COVID rules, maybe they're saying, hey, you can't do the Lambo leap. If, so if it's COVID rules, that's different. Okay. But like, I think that, cause that would apply to a lot of teams, right? Like a lot of players go run up to the fans. Maybe yeah. they might not leap, but they go run up to the fans and throw the ball or whatever. So maybe if it's COVID, that's a whole separate thing. I don't think that's anything like Lambo leaps. Cause I think like players are going to bring whatever traditions they want into the game, right? Like they're going to run up to the fans that they run up to the fans. They're going to do whatever they do that. I mean, Lambo leaps to me is more like saying like, so that's more of a celebration than it is the stadium and the team creating a home field advantage during the Super Bowl. I mean, that would be it'd be different if like the announcer got on the board and said, "Time for the Lambo leap" or whatever. I don't know. I haven't. Heard of it. like, it'd be different if like the, if the stadium was hyping up the Lambo leap. Like that shouldn't be allowed. But if players just do it on their own, what are you going to do? That's not. That's not the same thing. Okay. All right, fine. Somebody hide a cannon in the freaking player tunnel, and then you get there, you run in the player tunnel, and you fire that thing, baby. There could, be a, there, there could be a slip, like, hey, they turn a blind eye for like one score and just fire the cannon. It's like, oh yeah, we we you know made a mistake. We weren't supposed to do that. That might happen. Buck staff, hide the cannons yeah. in the freaking tunnel, and then let the players run in the tunnel. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I need it. It's gonna happen, man. Don't worry. I need Don't it. Worry. It's I mean, gonna the cannons are gonna fire at some point. Yes, yes. I mean, at some even if they lose, they're gonna be fired at the beginning, and if they win, they're gonna be fired at the end, probably all night. So, who knows? We need I mean, cannon fire. I, I might have to call off work on Monday. So that's notoriously one of the biggest no-show yeah. call days in U.S. work history. Now, imagine COVID remote. That probably flips. It's probably no longer an issue because everybody's already at home anyway. So you're not really missing work because you work from home. Well, all you do is you put a cutout, of, like a picture cutout of yourself on Zoom calls and just be like, <laughs> what do you have to say about that there, Evan? That, Evan? That'd be oh, a good I think, I think it's Wi-Fi screwed up. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Came off. <laughs> that would be a good Twitter poll question. How are you going to handle your Super Bowl hangover? Are you going to put a note on your Zoom call sick due to Super Bowl hangover or do you just freeze a picture or how do you get out how do you get out of your meetings after the Super Bowl when working from home So far in our Twitter poll for the which team would you rather take it's 2020 bucks obviously so far Yeah I mean so I mean yeah. it happens. I know We that's almost as surprising as, as no cannon fire to me. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I mean, <laughs> she brings such heat to the show with her. her <laughs> such, such a realist you are, Kaylee. I know, I know. I try. So um, honestly, we got. Two days, and then we got our next show. Now, I know I don't know about you guys, and I like to ask both of you. Mm-hmm. Midday, usually I'll eat lunch, and I come out of my office, and I'll sit at the kitchen table, and I try to watch interviews. I think I'm going to be getting more nervous as we get closer to game day. And then game day, 
when we're at Rafferty's, beautiful downtown Sarasota, 1888. Come join us. Uh, I will be, I won't sit down the entire game. Are you, Evan, you said you're really nervous now, but gauge your nervousness by the next time we do a show on Thursday. Well, Thursday we have a matchup show against the Believe in Chiefs podcast. Yes. So got that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's booked with uh, with yes. Jeff, Jeff and Joe. So as the week gets, you know, more towards the game, it, it becomes real like, hey, it's coming. And then, I mean, you saw me on last Sunday against the Packers. <laughs> I got to the second half. I was standing up for the last two quarters. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. So, you know, coming, it's just, oh, I think. Just don't gonna, scream at me this time. I'm only celebrating no, with you scream the other direction. I'll scream away from you. I won't scare okay. small children like I did last yes. time. So I think There's I scared, the fun in that. I know. I, 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 I think I scared those Packer fans a little bit as I was yes. uh, that's you know, okay. using my metal voice when I was screaming and yelling at the TV. So, um, yeah, as, as the week goes on, like more alcohol gets consumed because it's, you know, reality sets in and then, okay, it's Sunday. Like, here we yeah. go. Let's, let's LFG, let's go, you know. Kaylee, I know your excitement level is a little bit tempered compared to Evan and I's, but tell me, A, your excitement, but B, are you starting to flip the other side of the coin and think about the last game of the year is really Sunday? Yeah, that's the depressing part for me. I'm a little sad because, you know, I like sports in general, but football is more of a passion of mine. Um, Yeah. So it is, and it has the longest, like one of the longer off seasons. There's not as much. I mean, luckily we've, it seems that we have a lot of off season moves being made and they will continue to be made a lot of QB things going on. So we'll have stuff to pay attention to, but. Got the draft um, coming up too. Draft coming yeah, up. Yeah, the draft coming up. All of these things that, you know, are going to be fun, but games are obviously ideal. The being in the seasons ideal, but um, you know. You know what? As one you know, door closes, two more open up because baseball will be back. And, and we're hockey. not talking about baseball. <laughs> hockey we're not back. talking about baseball. He's trying, dude. He's trying like, not so until hard. Next week. Not all until I, next week. All I said, it's coming. I wasn't going to mention anything okay. about it what is. happened today. I'm not going to do it until next week. Okay? That's like okay. saying um, you can't eat this whole chocolate cake, but here's a hundred calorie snack pack with like four M&Ms in it. That's what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> no good. That is no, no good. good. I would take I would take the four M and M's. So jokes on you. I'm, gonna, I'm taking them. I'm going to eat okay. it. Yes. Like I'm yeah. not going to turn away food. I'm just saying. No. You Wait, know what, what kind of M and M's? We talking about plain peanuts? Uh, bra- I feel like, like when they come in like a trail mix snack pack, they're always Ugh. plain and they're yeah. kind of like dusty from the nuts. No, no. <laughs> no. I would throw those across the room, and then I would go pick them Fair. up because of the five second rule, and I would still eat them. So. Exactly. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, look, I I'm not picky about food. I'll eat anything. So I just would rather have a chocolate cake in front of me than trail mix. But that's me personally. I understand. I I know you're a big trail mix guy, big big baseball guy. And Evan tried to sneak baseball into the show last minute. In we weren't going to do it. Chat, and I was like, "There's absolutely zero way. We have one. We have five days of football left." We're not talking it. about baseball. Right? Yeah. I, I, I said if we had time, and obviously, you know, save we it. It's fine. We don't I'll have time. It. I'll save it till next week. It's That's okay. right. That's any, any final thoughts before we get the freak out of here? 
Dude, two sleeps until our next show where we go head on with the Chiefs podcast from Believe. Fire the cannons, position matchups, and then we're so close. I might not be able to sleep tonight. IPA the, uh, is the uh, new former, oh, yeah. the, the new the England, former, former New England uh, IPA, which was fantastic. Yes. Go on to our Instagram page and check out that photo which I took with my phone. It's a really great picture. It is refreshing. Actually, you're better at the end. I know. I Android, so I was pretty surprised at the quality of that photo. I, I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself. I'm like, wow, this actually looks professional as I took that photo, and then I did like some editing to it too. I'm like, wow, I'm starting to become an Instagrammer. It's scary. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna become an influencer before we know. It. Like, we're gonna be out at Rafferty's one day, like watching a game, and he's just gonna be like, "Wait, before anyone eats, I gotta take a photo and get it on Instagram." Hold on, guys, I gotta pedal some skin cream and some some cucumber water real quick before we do. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. 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 All right. So thank you to everyone who tuned in in the comments. Follow Evan's really great photography skills on Instagram at Play the Bay TV, on Twitter at Play the Bay TV, Facebook at Play the Bay 2020, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us a nice review. You know you want to, and we will catch you guys on Thursday. Bye. Bye. By the way, I haven't, I haven't shaved in a while, so I won't until after the Super Bowl. Okay. Oh, okay. That's right. I didn't know where you were going. Oh, not my show. whole body. I'm just talking about my face. Just the face. All right. It's I, over. Oh, Jesus. Thanks for listening to Play the Bay. We'll be back again with another episode on the Believe Podcasting Network. If interested in advertising, please contact Believe.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.